Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. around the house. Hey guys, it's Eric G. In today's episode, I sit down with the members of the Oregon Manufacturing Housing Association. These are the manufactured home people that are building homes out across the United States. So it's not just Oregon, it's really everywhere. But in my state, the governor had not included them in the affordable housing conversation. Now we're following up with a great interview from all these different manufacturers. They're competitors, but they're sitting down together to discuss affordable housing and how manufactured housing can be a great way to do it. Why not listen about a factory home that's built inside versus outside? Now let's get to the show. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We have a very fun episode today. I got a bunch of friends in the room here. We are going to be talking manufactured housing and how this is a really great solution for a house that you want to put on the land. But more importantly, we've been really talking today about trying to get in and let it become the real answer for affordable housing out there because it's something that I believe in. I got a room full of people here, so we're going to take a tour and run through here today. Let's just go around the room, introduce so people can hear your name and your voice. Yeah, thanks, Eric. My name is Kevin McShane. I'm the uh, plant general manager for Fleetwood Homes. We're located in Woodburn, Oregon. Uh, plant's been there about 50 years, and uh, we're happy to be here today. That is great. Ben. Eric, this is uh, Ben Roach. Um, I work at Palm Harbor Homes in Millersburg. I'm a district sales manager there. And I uh, have about 30 years in the manufactured housing industry and experience from building to selling today. So we're just excited to share affordable housing with Oregonians. Nice. Here we go, Tim. Thank you. Uh, Tim Schweitzer, uh, Clayton Holmes down in Albany, Oregon, uh, sales manager down there. So uh, facility's been there, originated as Golden West, uh, late 60s. So it's been there quite a long time. Uh, myself, been in the industry for about 20 years. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. I'm Brent Heckman, sales and marketing manager for Skyline Homes in McMinnville, Oregon. Uh, we've been out in McMinnville since 1969, building the American dream. Yeah. Thanks, Brent. He's a, he's a great sponsor of my TV show, so appreciate all the support you've <laughs> given us over on the TV side of things, my friend. Appreciate you too, Eric. Thanks. All right, guys. So let's talk about some of the challenges. And Tim, we're going to make sure that you're a part of this year too, but let's talk about some of the challenges we're having out there because uh, to me, I think there's this misconception with homeowners out there and especially government officials, it seems, and I'm not throwing anybody into the bus, but I think it's pretty widely known that so many people think of a factory built house and they go back to their grandma's 1977 single wide or double wide and think that's what's being built today. And it's the farthest from the truth. What are you guys' take on that? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, 
We've got a negative stigma from uh, years gone by. Um, I don't think people really recognize what we do today and, and uh, the quality and level of construction and how many people we employ and, and how they're all put together. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, uh, just how RVs were done back in those days, right? They were not really well that well put together. And now you've got RVs out there that are the king of the roads out there that you can be living yeah. like here in a, a luxury mansion out there. And all of these industries have elevated themselves over the years. What do you guys see out there as, as other challenges that we have that we kind of need to get over as far as communities and things like that? Because to me, what I see is a really affordable house that's better built than, quite frankly, a lot of these entry-level stick-building companies of these national builders out there that I walk into and go, you're calling that a house? Okay. They're now kind of the lowest common denominator on construction out there. And you guys have actually, I think, in my opinion, suppressed them. Well, there's two things that yeah. uh, you know, you've mentioned on is the, you know, Cousin Eddie's trailer in the trailer park. Right. And uh, those exist out there. And the fact is there's actually 50% of the housing stock that's out there in manufactured home communities is older than our building code. Our building code was started in the late seventies and now we're building to the manufactured housing construction and safety standards. And those standards are newer manufactured, safer manufactured homes that are built in a factory today. But the other thing you touched on is the, the durability and the, and the energy efficiency of new manufactured homes and how they're built today. We build the dry lumber and we build right. in Oregon. And today's one of those days where the wind's blowing sideways and the rain's coming down. And when you build indoors with dry lumber, you end up with a better box, a safer box, a, st a sturdier construction, and you don't have the swelling and the contraction you'd have with wet lumber. So there's a, a better quality component of doing it indoors. And that's something else we want to bring to market. So people recognize the durability and the quality that comes out of our factories. It's a much healthier home. I mean, a great example is I've got 30 years of construction on my background. I remember measuring cabinets at this house up in Seattle that I was, it was actually in Bellevue, but it doesn't really matter. I was up there in that market and I go in to measure on a day like today, it was a downpour and they're framing this house up. I'm going to measure the cabinets because I was a cabinet designer for these guys. So I walk into this builder's home and there is so much rain coming down in this framed house that the second floor balcony has a sheet of water coming off it that is about a half inch thick that looks like a water feature in this thing. And of course, all the two by fours are around. So all the electrical cords are underwater on the first floor because all the they haven't cut doorway openings and stuff mm -hmm. yet. And there's one guy standing out there pushing the reset button on the GFCI at the pole out there on the temporary pole because it kept setting it off when the air compressor would kick on. And I walked in, I'm like, I'm not gonna die today. You guys have a good day. I'll come back later. Funny story, but let's talk about that is a healthy home, right? How are they going to dry that out? They're not. Right. Well, and let's not uh, forget the, the footprint on the ground too. Uh, you know, you look at construction on site and the, the scrap and the waste. Uh, we recycle and control all that within an enclosed environment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things too that we should talk about here. And we'll get more into that because waste is a big thing on a job site. I mean, how many dumpsters get hauled out during that? And all you guys as manufacturers, you know, that, that cuts on the bottom line. So you now, of course, are getting what materials brought in that are the right size of what you need versus, I don't know how many sheets of plywood I see get hauled off out of a job site that have got a little corner taken out of them. But guess what? They're in the dumpster and that's costing that homeowner twice because once they got to pay for the materials and two, they're paying a good money to haul it off. And I think that's one of the green building things that I see 
about your industry. And let's talk about that. I think that's an important one, that on worker safety. I think these are all things that are really important to your industry and housing out there. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Well, you touched on uh, worker safety. We've spent more money on safety and safety improvements in the last five years, probably than we have in the previous 30 I was in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, the, the the industry, I believe, had a, uh, a pretty high accident rate prior to that, and we've brought that down significantly. Um, just, I know our company, it's uh, in your Ben's with the same same parent uh, parent ownership. It's all safety, safety, safety. So the what we're doing for the worker, both in terms of um, safety and then, uh, frankly, wages, benefits. So these are uh, I'm kind of segueing here into another another facet of the industry. But we provide uh, good living wage jobs to. Uh, quite a few Oregonians with good benefits and safe working conditions. And also it's a business that uh, people grow in. People grow quite a bit in. I can't tell you how many, well, I started, I'm a plant general manager. I started uh, uh, in a roofing department a lot longer, longer ago than I like to admit. Um, but uh, so there's that part of the industry that I've always really enjoyed is that we, we bring, we give people an opportunity to, to do something maybe they hadn't done or to maybe grow beyond what they knew they were capable of growing. So yeah, those, I'm just kind of rambling here, but that's kind of no. one no, thing well I like said. about okay. the industry. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's important. And, and quite frankly, I don't know of anybody in construction out there that wouldn't probably this time of year, in the fall here in the Pacific yeah. Northwest go, boy, I sure wish I was working indoors today. Yeah. It's a heated environment. It's exact. Besides being enclosed from the rain, it's yeah. A heated environment for the workers this time of the year. Uh, well lit. Um, you know, all of those things that you just don't get working out on a job site. When your job yeah. site is at the same place every day, yeah. you know, you're not having to drive an hour yep. for, for three months to Florence or whatever. And exactly. Yeah. You got a stable place. Yeah. Yep. And the roofers are not working out in the sun. Yep. They're not up there when it's, you know, 110 degree heat yep. inside there. There might be a little warm in the building, but it's sure not like sitting on top of the roof <laughs> in full sun. No. no. That's important. I want to ask Tim here. Let's get Tim here in the conversation a little bit more because uh, he's in here as well. What are you seeing out there, man? Uh, what are you seeing out in the industry that uh, that uh, should change a little bit or perceptions that we we could change out there? Sure. I mean, the perceptions of the eye-opening thing here coming to Salem is uh, <clears throat> just the misunderstanding or the, the education, educational aspect of our of our industry, and actually the look on folks' faces when they walked in our homes today, as far as what we can provide, what we do, um, from the from the tall ceilings to the hardwood cabinets to the front porches to uh, siding, so on and so forth. So, but uh, still going back to the misconceptions of way back when and stuff, but, uh, you know, touching on, touching on some of these things too, from our perspective, safety, uh, with our, with our team members, uh, um, the, the environment, everything is, 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 is in top consideration for us at our facility. Safety is one, two, three priority. And, and, uh, we're moving, uh, we're about one year now without a, uh, lost uh, time accident, uh, wow, nice uh, which nice is job. coming up on a, on a all time record for our facility. So yeah. and it's a big deal. We, we, uh, we, we go a long ways. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's but in construction's a yeah. dangerous field. I yeah. mean, let's, let's be honest that there is, there is anything 
that can happen. Heck, just doing my TV show, I've gotten hurt now a couple of times, just me by myself, you know? And so that's one of those things that I, that I really struggle with, with then you put weather on top of it, or you put any of those things that outside that, you know, that are out in the outside environment. Maybe it's a little bit of ice on the roof or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're inside and, and I see here, and especially in the Pacific Northwest, you guys in the, in the Southwest that are listening to us or down South that you don't really run into this as much as we do up here, but, I don't want to buy a house, to be honest, up in this area here that has been stick built that spent 45 days out soaking up water. And, you know, I can't tell you how many mixed use buildings I'll, I'll run around in, in this time of year when they're starting to build in Portland. And I can see the, the plywood on the side of the building on the first floor because they're building five or six floors out of, out of lumber out there. It's black, <laughs> you know, wow. guess what? That's not healthy. Yeah. And nobody does anything. There's nothing in building code. There's nothing that says that anybody should be doing anything different there. And I think that's one of the things with, with framing in our area here in, on the West Coast that, that, that's very important that now people are dealing with health hazards down the road where that's just impossible to happen in your guys' environment. You know, and it leads for a healthier home. And, you know, today was really cool to be watching, you know, all of you guys as is direct competitors. You guys are out there fighting for the same business, but I thought it was really cool to watch your industry today, you know, hold hands basically and go, Hey, we're here to help a lot of people. And it was really cool to see that kind of camaraderie and to watch, you know, legislators come in here and go, Oh, wow. There was a lot of, Oh, wow's today that were not faked that were, you could see the light bulbs turn on and go, Oh, that's what we're talking about. And I think there's got to be a lot more of that to get people to really pay attention. But that was a good start today, guys. I appreciate that. I think all of us, it's a, it's a huge industry, but a pretty small family. Most all of us have known each other uh, one way or another through the years. And it was a a great come together. Thanks to OMHA, uh, Oregon Manufactured Housing Association. And uh, our lobby is putting this together. So I think it was a fantastic win for the industry today. And we'll look forward to tomorrow as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's important. One thing I want to talk about here, and I know it's something that has to affect every one of you is the lack of skilled people in the trades out there. There's so many great programs out there and there's so many schools out there that are completely void of any programs out there. You guys do a great job because you have a way to bring people in and okay, they've got some general handy skills and you can train, train them, but general construction, we don't see too much of that. You're either a framer or you're a roofer and those companies are trying to do things on their own. What are you guys seeing as far as the labor market? Is that a challenge for you guys? It, it has been a challenge, but we've been, cha- you know, taking on that challenge and overcoming that. We've done some educational videos that speak to that. Um, but what I'd like to just, you know, listeners to understand is our industry is a training environment for building homes. Um, I came into the industry with no construction experience 30 years ago. Um, I was a short order cook and I was flipping burgers and pretty soon I was working on a roof build, throwing trusses. Nice. And, um, it was much, not much different than the assembly line on a short order cook. There's a process, you have a recipe and you build a home. And I came out of that, um, environment of production, learning how to show up on time, how to follow direction and be coachable. Um, how to work in a team and uh, how to build homes. And it's a prideful you know, job to realize that you're not just making a commodity that gets thrown away and recycled. You're building someone's home that lasts for, for 
decades. Yeah. And so when I was able to start recognizing the homes that we produced and drive down the street and say, Hey, I built that. Yeah. I was proud of my job. And so growing in the industry and um, learning from the industry, it moved me on from being in um, a uh, position of manufacturing and leadership to being in sales and marketing and then pitching and selling our homes and telling her why I believe in what I believe in and buying affordable home ownership being primary need for Americans today. Yeah. Great point, Ben. Thank you. Well put. Um, we're working on other uh, educational training things for outside of the factory as well. Um, there's going to be a, a need for transportation. Um, those that you know, transport these modules down the road to get to their insight. Yeah. Uh, as well as setup crews too. Um, some of us are part of the Washington state, the Northwest housing uh, as well. And we've, we've started to try to figure out a way that we could put some education to it. Cause there's so many people that don't know, you know, you can go to truck driving school, but it's a little different when you're pulling something as big as a house <laughs> down the road. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we're trying to get the word out. Yeah, that's important. Important. Tim, what do you see? Kind of to touch on that, as far as uh, what Brent's saying, is transport. Uh, one of the one of our largest uh, transporters here, uh, who's uh, they talked about those that aren't on the bench as far as this goes. So you know, the educational videos, the, the things to get it out there are, are critical for for our industry. Not only that, with but uh, set up setup crews, um, um, those that service our houses as well. So um, as we try to continue to educate folks, but uh, we we're trying to bring together uh, groups and, and, and getting feedback and then trying to put it together and again, to put out our own educational type of video or instructions, you know, to, to get more folks involved in the industry. Yeah, that's smart because uh, it seems like there's some school districts in our area that do a really fine job of building up programs. I mean, you know, we've got the Viking house kids here locally that do some stuff with their stuff and they're building a house each year, but then you can look in, in, uh, you know, up North where I live up in the Portland area. And there's a lot of school districts out there that every single one of those trade programs got turned into computer rooms. And well, that used to be where the wood shop was and that's used to be where the auto shop was. And so they've really gotten away from that. So anything you guys are doing, I think helps the whole industry as a, as a whole. And there's a lot of kids out there that might not want to go to college, but can go, you know, create themselves a really great career in construction. And with what you guys do, heck, they can even be inside, which is fairly rare out in the middle of the construction world out there. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing on, on getting training and going and, and getting people into this industry because it's an important part of the, of the challenges for housing as a whole, let alone just for your guys' business model. And as part of that construction too, is the engineering aspects of it in the CAD, the drafting. And so, which is, you know, it ends up being a pretty skilled position, but there's a local community college that's come over to our uh, facility, bringing in students that are interested in that, in that trade and, and gets get to just get to observe uh, as far as that part is uh, the drafting and it and engineering of our homes. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. What other challenges are you guys seeing out there? I mean, you guys are building beautiful homes. And I mean, now it's funny that you can sit there and drive down a street and see in somebody's development and you would not think that that was a house that was built in a factory. And I think that's something over the last five to 10 years has really changed that that textbook look that, that, that people would see that that's not the case anymore. That's kind of beyond that, that you guys can do developments that looks like any other home builder has put it together, but it's been built, you know, cleaner, more efficiently and cheaper as well. What are you guys seeing out there with, with the trends? I mean, uh, 
Are you seeing that? Uh, I, I know that we. I'm not seeing too many developments out there, but I think this is something that is is right on the cusp of happening as far as uh, you know, builders and developers coming in and saying, "Okay, hey, we're not going to do this stick built thing. We're going to come in and and contact with you guys." I think we're kind of right on that edge yeah. of that being the next wave of housing. Well, I can speak from our side of it. I don't know what you guys have, have witnessed, but over the last year and a half, we've actually had developers who have literally gone and purchased manufactured or factory built housing from retail sides, um, placed it on property, uh, built a garage and turned around and sold it, made a profit buying it from retail to do that. So some of those are recognizing that, Hey, maybe this is a better solution or offers a more affordable. Um, you know, one of the developers specifically has gotten into the retail side of our industry and, uh, he builds million dollar custom homes, track subdivisions, um, literally people would come to him wanting to build one of his plans and can't afford it. Um, and so that's what drove him to the factory built side of things. And so it's, it's, that's a good buzz and a generate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing that, um, and I've, I talked to a lot of different, you know, people across the country and I think we're just at that beginning phase of the U S figuring out what Europe has figured out a long time ago that maybe stick building on job site is not the way to go, that this is the better way to go. And I think we're right at the beginning of that. And uh, just like us stubborn Americans, we got to figure out how to get over the old times. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's good. But let's go around and talk a little bit about what each each one of your guys' companies does and, and, and what makes you guys different than others. Well, at uh, Fleetwood Homes of Oregon, uh, our kind of market niche is probably twofold. Uh, we're kind of the meat of the market in a... Um, uh, and a, an attainable price point, um, energy efficient. Um, uh, one thing in general for the industry I would put, we, we didn't touch on is that um, it, this is for everybody, I think, is so, you know, we talked about st- uh, stick builders and, and entry level subdivisions. You go and if a customer goes into one of those, he's, he might look at what, three or four plans? Yeah. And he's going to get it the way the builder says he's going to get it. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. That doesn't happen with us. Uh, between bet- between the four builders in this room, I'm just taking a guess, we have 200 floor plans. Mm-hmm. Every one of us uh, will do some degree of customization. That's And even, even those of us that do the least <laughs> customization yep. is going to be far beyond what... Um, what that site builder is going to do. So 100%. that's, um, that's sort of an industry wide thing, but at Fleetwood, Oregon, yeah, we, we're kind of the, the, um, the, the middle of the market. We pride ourselves on a strong value. You get a lot of, a lot of house for your money. We also have um, built a pretty successful little niche in something called a park model. If any of your listeners are familiar with a park model, um, which is a, for lack of a better word, it's a tiny home. It's a 399 square feet or under built to a part of the RV code that you would never think was an RV. And that's been a very successful niche for us. So nice. That's kind of who we are. Excellent. Ben. So uh, I've been with, I'm with Palm Harbor Homes and uh, Palm Harbor Homes is uh, slogan is more home for your money. So we like to say that we build both affordable, but high value factory built homes. Um, one of the things that Palm Harbor is known for is our factory tours. We've got a facility right off of I-5, so it's in a pretty easy reach for a lot of people coming south from Portland or, or north from Eugene to come by and take a tour of a factory. Um, we believe seeing is believing and seeing how they're built and that we talked about during this, this conversation about building indoors with dry lumber, dry materials. Um, 
one of the things that I'm a big advocate for, and I'd like to work with Palm Harbor because we we try to fit a lot of different use cases for our homes, is we have a very diverse and mixed area where our homes go. They might go into small communities for affordable living. They might go in 55 and older retirement type living communities, or they might go in simple fee subdivisions and, and builder developer type product, as, as Brent had mentioned uh, with, the, with the homes they build. One of the things that was mentioned today, people touring our homes, is they saw photos of homes with a garage on it and says, oh, I didn't know you could put a garage, you know, and, and have a garage with the home. Well, absolutely. Now, Palm Harbor Homes doesn't build the garage. It's not really um, efficient to build the, the floor of the garage. You know, it's going to be concrete. So you're going to pour that on place. But absolutely, our homes are very commonly built and have an attached garage. Um, and we do things that maybe other builders don't want to dabble in the kind of harder stuff to do. Um, ceramic tile floors are something that's available in our homes. Um, pretty elaborate tile showers, things you might not expect in a factory built home. Um, and we built a lot of homes that have tall, flat ceilings or steeper roof pitches. So we can um, use some, uh, comp, you know, combination of in the factory built and then site finished roof systems. Um, we refer to as hinged roofs, which allow us to build a home with a nice, tall, steep roof pitch. And once that home's set up, you'd have no idea it ever came out of a factory. Yeah, that's a good point. I like it. Tim. Yeah, so I can probably regurgitate a lot of what uh, Kevin and uh, Ben just said. I mean, uh, amongst, you know, we talk about the industry and stuff, and really what's 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 good for the industry and all these guys in here is, is good for, for our facility as well. You know, it'll, yeah. it'll help. What helps them helps us, you know, and stuff. So there's not too many secrets out there as far as as far as that goes. Sure. Um, you know, we, we, we run the gamut as far as what we build uh, from entry level to what would be considered a little higher end. So mm-hmm. and we, we our bread and butter is in the in the middle area there. So uh, 14 to 1800 square foot homes, uh, is, is, is mostly what we do. Um, nice. but, uh, but you're looking at, and when I say run the gamut amongst the, amongst all the factories that are here that are represented here, we're, we're run from park models that are under, under 400 square feet to triple wides, four section homes that are, that are beyond 3000 square feet wow. you know, and stuff. So it's a, it's a wide range of what's built, um, with that. And along with that, there's, there's different levels of, of homes. You can start from entry level to mid level level to high end that more of a packaged home. So yeah. uh, you should be able to meet most of what uh, the needs are out there for, for folks. But uh, Clayton Homes is is uh, is our parent company out of Tennessee. Uh, we actually build three brands out of our facility. Uh, Golden West, which was the uh, started up that facility, uh, still a brand. And then we have a Karsten brand and then we have our Clayton brand. So okay. um, sometimes gets a little bit a little bit convoluted, you know, and stuff, uh, as, as we have, uh, our, some of our retail partners are in the same, same market areas and stuff, but, uh, really the same people building the houses, uh, should get the same, same quality. So, nice. um, but, um, yeah, I think that's it. You guys pretty much covered what, uh, what, uh, what I could say. So <laughs> I'll go to, I'll go to Brent. See what he's got. All right. Sucks to go last. Well said by all of you. I, I, you know, I can just piggyback on all that. I think all of us buy most all of our components from the same supply. It's just a matter of what we've all put together to deem a, a standard and what to be optional. I think we all do a really good job and hit a certain niche, all niches quite, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm part of the skyline champion uh, company under champion home builders um, we have over 45 manufacturing facilities across the country. We've got five in Canada. Um, Skyline is, is one of many brand names that are under that uh, umbrella, but yeah, there's not much else I can say. We, we do the, the tile showers and the 
quartz counters and those kind of things, there's a lot of options you can really make yeah. uh, a, a beautiful home out of. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So my question for you guys next is, if we had our legislators here in Oregon, our elected officials listening, what could we do to help, help them understand that this is such a great option for affordable housing? What do you think we could do to change their minds? Is there anything that we've, we've missed here to, to get them to, to understand? Cause it seems like, and I, and I don't under, I haven't been to every meeting. I've been following it. What's going on, but it seems that, that for some reason, this industry got kind of skipped over for other things. And I don't understand why they did that. I'll, I'll jump in on this just to start since I went last, last time. There you um, go. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much that we got shunned away or they don't know. I think it's just the, the ignorance that they don't didn't realize uh, yeah. the stigma that we've kind of, the lack of ourselves putting ourselves out in front of it. Uh, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for, for some of it. I, I, I think this was a huge eye opening experience. I think, um, I can speak genuinely that everyone that came into uh, at least our unit that was set up out here was pleasantly surprised um, and, and excited to see it. And I, I know it's going to generate buzz and I know that uh, there's going to be more people tomorrow. Uh, th- this is going to generate some excitement, some talk, and I think will be considered for future opportunities. Well, I, I just look at it too. And just to, to piggyback with what you said there, it seems that all of a sudden there was a lot of people that walked in and saw the value sitting there in front of them and went, Oh, what's your guys' take? I think what I would say is that, you know, almost every politician probably in every state right now has identified housing and affordable housing in particular as a major issue. Yeah. As that relates to us. um, I think the reason we did this, this particular event is not much more than to say, one, we're here. Two, you, you have definite, uh, the governor has a, has a housing starts per year target here. We can be a part of that solution. We're already a part of that solution. We want to be a, a larger part of the solution. We, not, we may not be the solution, but we are a part of that solution. And if, if they don't pay attention and ignore us, that's probably bad on them. But it, but, in a bigger picture, we're part of housing. So you say, what would we say? Um, in this, anything that's good for housing is is indirectly good for us. So I don't know that we're asking for anything special. Yeah. But um, we are part of the solution. Don't don't exclude us. Uh, let us have a voice at the table when there's a lot of important decisions being made in the next couple of years to try to get to the the governor's target for ha- housing starts. We need to be a part of that. That would be my message. Nice. Well put. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, what's your take? Well, you know, there's a big goal. Uh, Tina Kotek declared a housing emergency in January. 36,000 new housing units um, is a big goal. We can be a part of that. Um, I think what we need to recognize is where are you going to put them? We need right, um, right. land that's available to build on. Um, and any land restrictions that are limiting the ability to build on housing need to be looked at to find out how we balance environmental stewardship and conservation with the need for affordable housing. Um, one thing that we didn't really touch on that I think needs to be a part of that and where I think we fit in is ownership. When someone owns a home, they have equity, they have wealth, and they're able to one day pay off that home and live comfortably on their social security check or the retirement income that they've generated and do so comfortably without risk of losing their home, losing their housing. 
we have a baby boomer generation that's probably facing homelessness like no other generation. And so how can we afford to not solve the housing process, the housing crisis, excuse me. Um, so finding ways to find that land, make that land quickly developable and buildable. Um, and I say quickly, very with that emphasis, because it can't take five years to yeah. have a, a piece of land go for, I think I want to build on this to, yes, I can actually open the door and move a family in. We need to expedite the building process. And I think the factory building process, most of our plants can bring um, homeowners into a new home and half the time and at half the cost of traditional construction, but we need the land to be able to do it. So if that's one thing we can get recognized is that we are a solution. And at the same time, now we need those, um, those that have policy decisions to make. How can they find the places for us to place these homes? Whether it's developing new manufactured home parks where people can own the home and lease the land to developing subdivisions that our homes can be financed for full ownership um, to even um, backyard homes and accessory dwelling units where someone who existingly owns a piece of property but wants to add, add a second living unit to either be a rental income piece or to take care of a loved one or somebody who's in special needs. There's a lot of opportunities for our housing to be put both in infill, both in development expansion and both in rural. So I think we've got a solution. We just want to be recognized. Yeah. Smart. Tim, you got something over there? <laughs> uh, that pretty much covers it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's uh, uh, being, being a, being a part of it, you know, yeah. and just having a, a seat at the table there, as far as that goes, you know, I mean, uh, um, not any one group is going to, is going to be able to put together, uh, all these new, these new homes that are, that are being, that's being put out there as, 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 as what, uh, the state wants to achieve. So, uh, I did get a chance to talk to today, a, a individual that had been a part of, uh, affordable housing committee, uh, I believe said for 20 years and, uh, is an advocate for our industry and, and, uh, had gone to annual meetings after meetings and, and it opened my eyes to the fact that, and I think Brent alluded to this is what, what have I done to, to really push that, you know, to be able to be a part of that, be put myself or our group into our industry, into that, into those discussions. So um, that's a, and that's a big part of what we're, what we're doing, we're trying to do here. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. No. And this has been such a great event that you guys have put together here. Um, bringing everybody together, setting some homes up right across the street from the Capitol for people to walk over and say, hey, look at us over here. And uh, it definitely led with a great solid foot forward on that with some beautiful homes that answer a lot of different questions. It's not like you, I mean, there's so many different flavors to what you guys are doing here, which is what's cool is that, you know, somebody that's looking at a, at a park model, you know, 300 plus square feet, Wow, that answer was there. But hey, if I want something a little bit bigger, well, that answer is there. And to turn around in a couple of days, have that set up in a parking lot across from the Capitol is pretty important because it also shows that speed of, hey, this wasn't here on Friday night, but here we are in the middle of the week and this thing's rocking and rolling and we got lights on and people wonder how the heck you guys got that stuff in there so quick. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's a key part of that. I was, I was just jumping in here because I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our other Clayton facility in uh, in Hermiston, Oregon. That's oh, yeah. uh, couldn't all the way out there and stuff. So it's not here today based on distance and stuff. But uh, uh, we do have that representation. If you talk about Northeast, Eastern Oregon, oh, yeah. uh, Marlette Homes out there. So. Okay. Yep. Absolutely familiar with those guys. I think I went through their factory 30 years ago out there. So first time I went looking through <laughs> one. So, yeah. But 
the other thing too is I think that's that that we I wanted to touch on before we wrap this up is an important thing is how green you guys are, you know. And I know that's something that that a lot of people see construction and they don't. But I mean, you guys are about as efficient as it gets with building homes. I don't think that there could be much more done. And I think having a green option also keeps the price in point. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but. I know each one of you guys have a, a, a facility here that is spending that time to make sure that the least amount of waste is going out the back. And it's something that most builders just don't address as far as stick built stuff. And, you know, what are you guys seeing out in the industry out there for what you guys are doing? Feel free to jump in on, on you know, the green initiatives. And I'm not talking about just, you know, oh, we're using this low VOC, this, but just throwing stuff away that's waste. I mean, it seems very efficient with what you guys are doing. Yeah, I just think, Eric, you're just touching on something that frankly has been, it's kind of rooted in the the industry from the beginning. Um, And that is like, you, if you, if there's a piece of cut off lumber, you figure out where's the other spot to use that cut off lumber. Because you, you take, um, like you said, the site builder may not have as much attention on it because he's generally hiring a whole group of subs. Yeah. And so he doesn't really control the waste. He controls the bid. And if, if the sub needs to, um, the sub may or may not be as efficient. And we may figure that the, the, the general isn't as, um, that he can, bid, he can bid some waste in the bid. We're responsible for the whole thing. Everything that goes out, we've got every every piece of lumber costed. Um, every every piece of material that goes in there is costed, and anything that ends up in a, in a dumpster is just pure waste. And so it's just it's been baked in from the beginning. And then you add add on things like low VOC, um, eliminating things like formaldehyde, all of the things that we've all become more aware of in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do all that too, of course. But again, they, the lack of waste is just cooked into the product. That's just who we are and how we were born. So that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, great point. Ben, what do you see out there? Well, green building, like Kevin mentions, is in the DNA of factory built housing. Um, but it's also part of the whole holistic approach of building that we buy from suppliers that take that same thought in mind. Um, one thing that comes to mind is we're using a uh, sustainable forestry product, floor decking in the homes that we build. Cool. Um, so it's used out of, uh, you know, reforested trees, small, small, fast growing trees. Um, if that product, the same flooring product, that subfloor um, is a no added urea formaldehyde product, nice. which is something that Kevin mentioned, no formaldehydes. So it's both improving indoor air quality and reducing waste using sustainable forestry practices. One of the things that I like to talk about, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, but forestry, forestry science tells us that when you harvest trees and you sequester that carbon into those trees, you're reducing the carbon that's been going out into the air through rot and through letting those trees rot on the ground. So if we can harvest Oregon timber, make homes out of it, we can sequester carbon and help help, uh, reduce carbon going in our atmosphere. And that's one thing that our forestry folks do a great job is once they get in there, those trees go right back in the ground again so they can do it again. So that's great. Tim, you got anything for us? It, it's yeah i mean it's it's the, the same thing again but it's uh um you know we we have uh in our company it's a it's a one of our key metrics uh, that our facility is graded on is is waste and and it's tracked tracked monthly quarterly um we have one uh a single position nicely paid position that that's their job is is uh is to communicate uh communicate and come up with ideas as far as how to not to reduce waste to eventually eliminate any waste, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, um, so it's, it's, 
like I said, it's rooted in our industry. It's, it's, uh, um, everything is, 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 is cut to fit, but, uh, there is a, there are pieces and bits and pieces that we go around and look and look in dumpsters and say, well, we, that can be used somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, for something, you know? So, yeah. um, but it's, it falls in line with what Ben and, and, and Kevin were talking about. Hey Tim, just quick, I want to jump in. Don't you, um, Clayton is also doing a, a zero energy home and I think an e, an e-built home. That's something that Palm Harbor is starting to look at for 2024 is, is going to zero energy and being able to price homes that are zero energy ready for solar. Can you maybe t- add on a little bit of Clayton's, uh, yeah, actually, here in July, we we started uh, um, putting together an option where we introduced an option uh, called E-Built, and it's uh, zero energy ready. Yeah. Um, to where um, what we're looking at, what we're what we're putting out there is that uh, saving money. Obviously, you can save money in the house. People aren't thinking about what saving money maybe in in utility bills and those types of things. So Lower cost of ownership. The, yeah. the as you go, it. it what the idea is is about a fifty percent savings in in uh, in in those in those utility costs, electric costs, those types of things. Uh, but uh, we are we are starting our our starting point is an Energy Star rated home, um, and then we also offer a, a heat pump water heater um, in. That goes into the house. Uh, we put a e built uh, uh, sticker in the house, and then once it gets to site, it does require a heat pump, um, and it's it's sized. We size it. We put it together. We get the information sent out, and um, and uh, we know we we've got. Uh, uh, we're hoping by twenty sometime in twenty twenty four that every one hundred percent of what we build will be will be zero zero energy ready. Zer is what we're calling it. Uh, e-built. So it's got a couple of different names. So nice. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. That's such a important thing. And it's a, a topic that's been really getting beat in a, into everybody out there is uh is a need for moving forward. Absolutely. I, I can't really say much more. Um, I think that was well put together. Kevin alluded to the, you know, baked in, we've always been very, very mindful of waste and scrap. Um, to utilize all of the materials in every fashion we can. Um, Eric, you've been to our facility. You, you yeah. saw, I showed you, we try to order specific size lumber to what we need so we don't have to cut it. We get specific size sheetrock so that we yeah. don't have, you know, not just to avoid unwanted seams, but to, you know, avoid the waste, the scrap. Yeah, that was, um, that was shocking when I went out and did your tour, and I'm sure I'd see the same thing for you guys' places as well, just how little waste there is. I mean, there's all these homes being built, and if that was a, a development around around the corner here, there'd be thirty six dumpsters sitting out there, and you have one. We yeah. also, yeah, we also have the ability because we're in one location. Some of those products can be recycled. We're on a job site and it'd be commingled and just thrown in a landfill. So you know, at our facility, we recycle gyprock, gypsum, gypsum waste. Um, you know, we've got some uh, wood scraps and stuff that go out into various uses outside of the landfill. Um, you know, and so of course, common things you typically recycle like steel and copper are all recycled. So we're not yeah. throwing things away as well that we can't use. We're actually recycling those back into the uh, building industry. Nice. Nice. Well, guys, we're running out of time. Let's go around the room here and tell people where they can find out more about your guys' stuff and websites and stuff. So that way the, our audience out there can check you guys out. You can find, uh, Skyline Homes at www.skylinehomes.com dot com or Skyline Homes Northwest. Uh, we're in McMinnville. Proud Got to it. be Oregonians. Tim. 
Yeah, and Clayton, uh, we've got, uh, as I mentioned, we're down in Albany, so but uh, we have a website, ClaytonHomes.com, um, which uh, also goes to a lot of our retail centers uh, around. Uh, you can type in type in your, your location, zip code, and, and find out what's local to you. We also have some some of our brands, Golden West, so GoldenWestAlbany.com, KarstenAlbany.com, where you can get on there and see some of specifically what we, what we build uh, and offer. So cool. Thanks, Tim. Ben. Well, Palm Harbor Homes is right on I-5, just south of Salem. But uh, if you want to find us online, you can go to palmharbor.com slash Millersburg. And that's where you'll find all of our model homes and our model home locations up and down I-5. Our homes get shipped from the border of Canada all the way down to the middle of California and everywhere in between. Um, the uh, one thing I will add is that we do encourage factory tours. So reach out to us to come by and take a tour. You can find that information online as well. There we go. I see Tim's got something to say over well, we here. We can't forget uh, Marlat.com as well. So yes, out of, out of Hermiston. So yeah, they do a good job with their with their website. So uh, getting everything on there and yeah. it's, it's well done. Nice. Nice. And we're at uh, www.fleetwoodhomes.com. Uh, find your way to the Oregon, uh, the Oregon facility. Or if you're somewhere else, we have plants all around the country too. So we're easy to find. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for having me out here today. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I really wish you guys the best of luck. I think that you guys are on the cutting edge right now of the future of homes out there because I think there's a much better way to be doing it. And quite frankly, people are just starting to figure it out that you guys have been doing it for a long time. Appreciate you. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Eric G., and you've been listening to Around the House. Thanks for tuning in. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.